All it took was one bad quarter, and it was a bad quarter. The Celtics collapse in the third. They lose game one, but not a surprise because that's kind of what they do. I'm going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to a subscriber's device. Whatever app you want to use, just click subscribe, and there you go. Whenever I drop a video or a uh, podcast, an audio podcast, it's going to go right directly to your device. You can watch the show on YouTube, as I just said. Uh, hop in the comment section there. Welcome, all you Miami Heat fans. Uh, Hopping in to yell at me, call me arrogant or whatever. I know that you're there. Before I even record it, I can already see the comments because they're the same ones from last year. I'm John Corrales. I used to play ball once upon a time. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I'm doing so today after a 123-116 loss. Loss at home again to the Miami Heat. Uh, later on, I'll talk about the, um, just the, the type of game this was for, for Miami and why I still don't think this is the Jimmy Butler game. And that's a little bit scary for me from a, uh, just from a, just watching the heat and knowing what, what is coming, uh, in the second segment, I'll, I'll get into some of the, just the, the, Excuses, not excuses. No, the comments after the game. Uh, I'm going to start, though, with the um, just the story of the game here, which is the third quarter, where the Celtics were outscored 46 to 25. They they lost a full quarter by 21 points. Giving up 46 points in, in the in the quarter is just an outrageous number. This The way the Celtics came out of the half, again, they just are, are not great in the third quarter. Uh, you know, and after the, after the game, Malcolm Brogdon has <laughs> the audacity to say uh, the Celtics, oh, yeah, we've done a pretty good job mo- most of the year playing full 48 minutes. Like, you have? You have? Because I don't recall a whole, full, a whole lot of full 48-minute games. I, in fact, I recall this being the number one complaint that you don't play enough 48 minute games and the Celtics didn't play a 40 48 minute game. They won the first quarter, not by much, but Hey, you know, you, you got to win every quarter, right? If you can win every quarter, you're going to win the games. They won the second quarter by, uh, you know, a good amount. And they, they were up by as much as 13 at one point. And I think the second quarter, not being able to really truly extend the lead is, is low key. Like everybody's talking about the third quarter. And that's obviously what I'm going to be talking about here. Second quarter, not being able to extend the lead out beyond 12 is, or 13 is, is 
probably an underrated aspect of this game because the Celtics had that second quarter. They, they were cooking. They were turning the, the heat over. Uh, they were getting out into transition. They were, they were playing the way I thought that they could play, should play. They the Celtics could not truly pull away. That was an opportunity to to get up by twenty. I'm not saying that the you know a twenty point lead would have meant anything. Twenty point halftime leads mean nothing in the NBA now, especially against Miami Heat, who just never die. They just never ever die. But going into the half, only nine seemed like a, a little bit of a victory for the Miami Heat, who came out and immediately. Went on a run. It tied the game at 72. I think one of the big storylines there is that there was no timeout from Joe Missoula, and a lot of people are losing their minds over that. Okay, would I have called a timeout in, in that spot? Yeah. I think when uh, Kevin Love hit the three-pointer, uh, I forget exactly where that was uh, in the game, but uh, if, after Kevin Love hit the three-pointer, I probably would have called the timeout. Uh, it was 71-68. And it was in transition. And he, he got an opportunity to, to, you know, he caught it. It was like a touchdown pass, but he's Kevin Love at this stage of his career. And he didn't want to go all the way in. So he stepped back and he hit a three-pointer and hit it in Jason Tatum's face. And that was, that was a big deal. So I think at that point, I might have called a timeout and gotten on the guys for not getting back. I don't want to make this whole thing about Joe Mazzulla not calling a timeout because I, I don't think a timeout really would have helped. Marcus Smart after the game said, you know, Joe Mazzulla could have called a timeout and then what? We come out and start doing this, the exact same stuff. They did. He did get a timeout at 78-78. And, and I know people will say, hey, but by that time, Miami was already rolling. They already had momentum. But isn't a timeout supposed to stop momentum? Like That's the whole point. And it didn't. That's the because that quarter was going that way, I think no matter what, Joe could have called all of his timeouts in the third quarter. I don't think that would have changed anything unless he did the full three stooges, like slap everybody across the face thing. I don't think anybody was waking up in that third quarter, and that's the most infuriating part here. How can the Celtics continue to do that? I don't know. Uh, but they they continue to come out and not only, okay, I, I can even understand, say, all right, halftime, you're up. You feel good about yourself. In that first half, it really felt like the Celtics didn't play well, and they were up nine. Miami had been playing, I think, pretty good basketball. They were shooting well, and they were still down nine. And at that point, it felt like, okay, here's, here's exactly what we're talking about coming into the series. The Celtics have a ton of talent. They weren't shooting great. They weren't playing great, but their talent just got them to a nine-point lead. So I can understand at halftime the, the Celtics coming out and saying, uh, yeah, you know, we're good. We're just, our talent's going to carry us. But at some point in the third quarter, at some point in the third quarter, you got to be sitting there as a Celtic and be like, hey, you know what, guys? Maybe we should really start to ramp this up. Now, in the fourth quarter, for some reason, once the fourth quarter hit, they they started to play. I don't know why that that that's a, a roadblock for them. I do not understand why it takes the quarter stopping for them to look up and be like, wow, we gave up 46 points. 
That's a lot of points. All right, now I guess for the last 12 minutes we're going to give it a shot. But that I I don't I don't understand this Celtics team. I don't understand it. Other than to say like they just play like they feel entitled to things. And I don't know that that's actually how it is. I don't think the Celtics are walking around feeling entitled, but damn it, they play like they they do. It's hard for me to think that they're not only because I'm around these guys and I know these guys a little bit, just a little, I'm not going to pretend that I know them personally or anything like that, but I know their tendencies and I kind of know who they are. I see them in the locker room. I see them, uh, I see them enough to think even like to combat myself to say they're not entitled, but they play like they are entitled. They walk out there in the third quarter and are like, all right, guys, we uh, we're here. We're here now. It's halftime. It's over. Uh, you guys gonna lay down now? We're gonna roll. You guys gonna get your script? Here's your script. There you go. That that doesn't it doesn't work against Miami. It doesn't work against any team. I cannot figure out why they don't uh, learn that lesson. But we all knew this was coming. We all knew a game like this was coming. That the Celtics would be too casual, too cute with stuff, and. They would, this would be one of the losses. Uh, there was a stretch there in the fourth quarter where I thought the Celtics really could have taken advantage of Miami, but uh, they didn't. I'm going to talk about that next. First, let's talk about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is that perfect fit. We know how that is, and we can see that in Miami about the perfect fit. Hey, it's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen every day, part of your daily routine. Appreciate you. You can head on over to Lockdown Heat, get their take. Uh, if you can bear it, um, I understand. If you cannot, I'm sure a lot of people aren't even listening to this show right now. Uh, I don't know why this team continues to, to uh, perform like this. I know a lot of people expected a first a, a loss in game one because they lost game one to the Sixers. They They've lo they lost game one to the Heat last year. The Celtics, despite what Jason Tatum said against the Atlanta Hawks after game four, where they were up 3-1, he said, we got to go back home and we got to treat this like we're down one. We're down 3-1. We're up 3-1 now, but we got to treat it like we're down and blah, 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 blah. And man, I bought that. I bought that crap. I bought it when Jason was selling that. And wow, wow, was that wrong? Because the Celtics blew a game against Atlanta. They blew at least two games, one for sure 
against the Sixers. And now they gave away, not gave away, I shouldn't say it that way. They lost game one. They had opportunities in the fourth quarter where they started going back and forth and people were like, hey, it'd be nice to get a stop every once in a while. The Celtics then came back and uh, forced a three-minute scoreless streak. And that three minutes was the opportunity to come back, steal this game, which would have been, I think, I don't want to say demoralizing, but it wouldn't have been great for Miami. Um, They're really good at blowing off losses, and they're really good at not uh, dwelling on things. But this this was a game for them to steal, and they stole it. They now have home court. They are, um, but if they had blown it in that three-minute stretch in the fourth quarter, who knows what game two would look like. The Celtics in that three-minute stretch only only cut five points off the lead. And I think that's where that's where the Celtics really kind of blew it. And it, it was turnover central all over the place. And everybody was responsible. And once again, Tatum and Brown are at the forefront. Tatum had three turnovers, uh, four turnovers, three in the final three minutes. Jalen Brown had six turnovers. Once again, this is a team, as I've said many times, and, and Marcus Smart confirmed it after the game because he said everybody is going out there trying to make a play. One of the fundamental differences between Miami and Boston is that Boston is full of talent and guys that can go out there and make a play. Miami has one guy that can truly go out there and make a play. A couple of guys that are, eh, you know, Bam Adebayo is, you know, can he go make a play? Eh, not, not, Not offensively, not to the degree that Jimmy Butler can. Uh, can Kyle Lowry do something? Eh, you know, every once in a while. Uh, that, that's about it. But Boston has Tatum. They have Brown. They have Marcus Smart, who feels like he can make a play. Uh, Brogdon off the bench. Derek White off the bench. Those are all guys that can go in there and say, oh, God, we're, we're, we're struggling here. Our lead is dwindling. I've got to go make a play. And the Celtics continuously do that. You know, Jalen Brown taking some of those three-pointers, the types of three-pointers that he always takes. So if he makes them, it's like, wow, look at the balls on that guy shooting that shot. Uh, when he misses, it's just like, hey, why don't you move the ball around and, and, and not take that shot? So to be fair, that's some of those shots you got to live with. But everybody's out there for the Celtics trying to make a play. What's Miami doing? Moving the ball. Jimmy Butler's the only guy who gets to go make a play. Everyone else is moving the ball. Bam out of bio setting a pick. Gabe Vincent's making a play um, off of that and, and moving the ball. Max Struess is, is moving the ball quickly. Martin, look at this box score. Look at this box score. It's crazy. Lowry, Martin, Vincent, Struess, 15, 15, 15, 15 points. What a perfect Miami box score this is. It's, honestly, you got 35 points from Jimmy Butler. 20 points from Bam Adebayo, 
and then 15 points from four different guys, and Kevin Love hits two three-pointers. Now, it's it's tempting to say, well, this, this is just an outlier game, and you cannot survive. Look at Martin, three three-pointers. Lowry, three three-pointers. Vincent, three of them. Struess, three of them. Two for Kevin Love. Two for Jimmy Butler. The only guy who didn't hit the shot, hit the three-point shots, was Duncan Robinson. That's his job. And Zeller, but I don't. He's not supposed to be taking threes. That that's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous that the Celtics allowed that type of shooting night because this this is not a survivable game. This is the whole game plan is. Jimmy Butler, this stat line, 35 points, seven assists, five rebounds, is fine. I'm fine with that. 35 points for Jimmy Butler, fine. It's the rest of the guys. You can't give up 123 points holding Jimmy Butler to 35. And I say holding because I'm fully prepared for him to drop a 45 to 50-point game. Just don't let everyone else get going, but... 60 points between Lowry, Martin, Vincent, and Struess. 51.5% shooting from three. You know what's funny? The Celtics at one point had, I think, nine more shots early in the first half, nine more shots than Miami. And they ended up with four fewer, two fewer three-pointers. They lost that battle in a big, big way. And the turnovers were, I think, huge in this game because uh, early in the game, the Celtics built the lead on the turnovers. Uh, 11 turnovers at the half for 19 points. They only forced four in the second half for seven points. Boston in the first half, five turnovers for eight points. Second half, 10 for 14 points. That's your game right there. That is your game right there. Clean up the turnovers and you're fine. Clean up the turnovers and the Celtics can, can close this thing out and, and come back and win this game. But no, 10 turnovers in the second half, you give up 14 points. They did a great job in the first half. I don't know if you're going to get another night. And this is the other thing. I don't know if you're going to get another night where they, they turn over the ball 11 times for 19 points. That's that's a wasted opportunity. You turn them over that much and you don't win. I don't like that at all, at all. Uh, I'm afraid that this is not the Jimmy Butler game. And I've laid out all the ways that Miami can win games in this series. I think we burned one of them and not the right one. I'll talk about that next. I want to thank everybody for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with some you know, more thoughts on this game, looking ahead to the next one. It's 3 a.m. here at the TD Garden. I'm live, recording live, actually. Uh, you might have seen somebody. I've, I was watching the video as I was recording earlier. They're, they're cleaning up around the entire building, and my spot is the only place left. So I'm I'm definitely holding people up from going home. There's there's people looking at me like, what the hell are you still doing here, man? It's late. So uh, my final thought out of this is that the, 
this was not the Jimmy Butler game. I've I've laid it out, right? You got the Butler game, you got a Bam out of bio game potentially. You got Spolstra coaching the the game to a point where uh he'll the, he can win a game on his own and you got outlier shooting. This you got to win four games in a series. Those are four distinct different ways that the Heat can win this series. Not to mention the one game the Celtics are going to botch and you can say, well, John, there it is. That that was the third quarter botch job. No, 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 no. There's there's much more botchability in the Celtics. So I'm not counting. I'm counting this as the outlier shooting game. That's one. It's the monkey paw. You know, you get the monkey paw. You get the four things. Well, you now you've got one finger coming down. Uh, so the Celtics have given up a 16 of 31. 51.5% shooting night from three for the Heat. You cannot have another one of these. You cannot let these guys walk into shots. You cannot overreact to Jimmy Butler. You cannot overreact to what is happening down the middle. You can just stay home on these three-point shooters. I don't feel like the Celtics' defense in the first half was entirely great. I don't think they were challenging shots. I think Robert Williams... Uh, had a weird 14-point game where he started out hot early and he looked good, but overall he's, he did not have a great game. That defensively he was he wasn't challenging anybody. Like, I'm waiting for game two to actually see that Celtics defense come back out. Um, Rob did not play well. Rob did not play well. He had a few stretches where he was good on on offense, but I don't think he played well. Overall, I think defensively he was a he was a negative. He was a minus fourteen in this game, so that that's it's not often that that Rob has the worst plus minus. So I still think there's a Bam out of bio game in there, though he had a pretty good one here. But there's going to be a stretch in the fourth quarter where Bam is just dominating. We haven't seen that fully yet, and Jimmy Butler was not great down the stretch either. Like I said, Miami was was scoreless for a long time. And yeah, he finished with 35 points. A couple of those points were late free throws. But the Jimmy Butler game is going to be he's he he's scoring like 20 points in the fourth quarter. The Celtics are up by 15 and he scores 20 in the fourth quarter to, you know, give give the Heat a late lead and maybe win it. That's the Jimmy Butler game. That's the game I'm afraid of from Jimmy Butler. The, the Celtics coming out and giving away that the the, the shooting game right away. I, I am a little worried that it might get duplicated, but uh, if the Celtics can come out and play with that defensive intensity that they played with at the end of the second quarter or for most of the second quarter, then they'll be fine. They will be fine. And I'm not sitting there looking at this game and overreacting and going, oh, my God, they're going to lose this series. No, the Celtics should be fine. They should win this series still, but this is a just a classic example of the Celtics who come out too cool and the Heat come out and they just work their asses off. That's what this is. This is, and I don't understand how the Celtics can come out of the half against Miami of all teams. You're playing Miami, you're playing Jimmy Butler, you're playing Bam and, and Spo and Heat culture. You know what you got to do. Come on. How do you, how do you come out of the half? casual the way they said that after the game how do they come out 
letting go of the rope, as Joe Mazzula put it, put it after the game. How is that possible? You know who you're playing. The Miami Heat don't belong in the Eastern Conference Finals based on their talent, but damn it, their heart has gotten them this far, and their heart can keep carrying them because belief is a strong, strong emotion. If they truly, truly believe that they can do it, they have a chance because Jimmy Butler believes he can do it. And that belief in himself raises his game. The Heat just have a thing because of, it's actually because of their lack of overall like high-end talent. And I'm sorry if that sounds disrespectful, but look, the Celtics are putting out two All-NBA guys. They're starting two All-NBA guys, the former Defensive Player of the Year and uh, a member of last year's All-Defense team, and Al Horford, who is, I, I can't quantify exactly what you, but he's he's really damn good. And then off the bench is the Sixth Man of the Year and a, a, a player on the All-Defense team. That's a loaded roster. Miami has seven undrafted guys that they're relying on. Six, really, because they're not relying on Udonis Haslam. But they have Jimmy Butler, who's an all-NBA level player. He didn't make it, right? He didn't make it. Um, it's late. They have Bam Adebayo, who's an all-defense guy. And then a bunch of undrafted guys the shell of Kevin Love, the shell of Kyle Lowry, who played, you know, who hit a, a, a bunch of shots in a row. So they're not here on talent. They're not here on just like, oh, sheer force of look at this roster that they've built. No, they're here because they believe in each other. They believe in what they're doing. There's a plan and they follow it. The Celtics, they don't follow the plan. Not enough. They don't follow it all the time. They got a bunch of guys who believe in themselves, in their ability to make a play, and that's what they do all game long. They try to figure out how each guy can make a play. When they do play together and they play the right way, they're awesome. They don't do it enough. They don't do it enough. They'll probably do it in game two because you can't lose two games at home. But I just, it's games like this, it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating to, to watch them have that just extended extended stretch now if we're going to keep it positive you say tatum 30 points you know jalen had 22 and, and didn't have his best game marcus smart had a great half but not a great second rob could play better al could certainly play better the celtics can definitely play better and they still put up 116 if they play some good defense in game two for a longer amount of time, they'll win that. They should win that easily. But I don't know what's going to happen with the Celtics. I don't know what what should versus will is, is going to be. So, all right, podcast tomorrow. I'll gather my thoughts uh, a little bit more clearly. Bring somebody in. Bring Tom in. Talk about it. Uh, and then Friday will be a game post game. Hopefully, I'm here at 3 a.m. celebrating a win. And then we'll go from there. Then I'll be in Miami podcasting from there. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Watch the show on YouTube. Hop in the comments section and share the podcast. Tell your friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team 
every day.